0: Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 150 of the Sophie Art Podcast which is a little podcast that do about the art and things and this one is about the art because we're going to be looking at another article from the artist Peniel Oram from her book The Art of Peniel Oram beautiful book this is and last week we looked at one of her little, well, we looked at an article called Clean Character Design. And what she did was she created a character, like a portrait, on the computer. So it was, she walked through a digital process. And what I thought at the end was I loved the way she worked digitally. And I thought I'd love to know how she works traditionally as well. So what I've done is this week, <laughs> this week, I'll be mostly eating bourbon biscuits. But also we'll be looking at this little article here which is called Painting with Gouache, or Gouache. And what she does is, on this one, she creates a little mermaid character, which I think is beautiful. So I really think you're going to enjoy this one, and it's fascinating. I found it really fascinating comparing her process but with traditional versus digital. I thought it was quite cool. So little Dennis is with us as well. <laughs> little co-ace. we We love little Dennis. And, well, it's also episode 150, which means we do a little bit of that to celebrate and that's basically it so what we'll do is let's get into this little article if you're watching on youtube at youtube.com slash sophie lawson you can also see all the little images and stuff but well let's get into it little dennis has got us in kitty kisses oh and also i got a pineapple on my desk i just love the shapes of pineapples i think they look quite cool they look like grenades though (laughs) do not they Pineapples look like grenades. I can imagine throwing this into 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 a battlefield Imagine that imagine that's quite fun. Let's get into this one though. We're going to look at the article painting with gouache So let's get into this one then so this one here we're looking at the article called painting with gouache I don't know whether you say gouache or gouache when I went, when I went to an art class in 2014, I think it was, the art teacher called it gouache. And I, I like that. And then when I went to a life drawing class in, I think it was 2015, they called it gouache. But the thing was, I'd already got used to saying, calling it gouache. And I also think gouache sounds a lot more sexy. <laughs> so I call it gouache, but it might be gouache. But what it is, is it, it's the what i was told was it's a mixture between watercolor and acrylic so you can make it thick but you can also make it transparent which is quite cool so in this article she's created a little mermaid character who is absolutely beautiful and if you compare it with her tradition with her digital characters well the thing that i love is Doesn't matter what I've realised is, doesn't matter whether she's working traditionally or digital, she still creates like the same feeling of artwork. So we'll get into that in a minute. But this article is a lot smaller than the last one. Last week it was 15 steps, this one it's 12 steps with again two little sort of tips. And she's done the same thing again where each part of the process, each 12 steps of the process gets a little image to go with it which is quite cool so i thought what i'd do on this one is i would start by reading the little intro to the article so we know what we're getting into on this one so this is what she says the article is called painting with gouache and she says i love the physical paste of paint the time you have to spend on it and how you need to plan the process this tutorial. Illustrates how I develop a gouache painting from initial sketch to the clean full color final piece. The techniques shown here form the basis of my digital design work, and should and should give you an insight into how I craft every design. How cool is that? So even when she's working traditionally, she's still sort of thinking about the digital, which is quite cool. So I thought, what I do is I I quickly do me little the so main takeaways, and then what it is, I go through the process, and at the end, I'm gonna I'm gonna compare her traditional with her digital, just so we get a sort of feeling of, just basically, I really I'm, I'm trying to work out the comparisons of, between the two things. So the main takeaways I got is, this is well the way she works is this is like using layers and clipping masks. I put beautiful colours planning. Big simple to detail, risk taking versus slash time investment, super sexy and little details are powerful. So that's what I've got. it, that's what I've put in the thing. Let's get into these little processes then. So the first the first step is called drawing. But before we get into that, she in this article, we've got the final thing. We've also got a little sketch So we've also got the little sketch, and what I love is, her little sketch is so sexy. That sketch on its own is to me beautiful. (laughs) So not only what I've, again, what I've realised is, the foundation that she works with, she's, she's making sure that the foundation is solid. She even mentioned that last week, in the article, she said about how the first, she said something about spending a lot of time doing the thing that might be tedious at the start but it will pay dividends in the end the same thing's happened here before she's even started painting you can tell that she's really sort of thought that little drawing through so the first bit is the drawing the first stage is the drawing and in my little notes what i've put is i've put red pencil with a question mark and what else have i put very big, clean, very clean, big shapes. Yeah, so uh, the way she draws is very big shapes. And I also think that helps with the painting as well. But the thing is, well, there's quite a lot of details in it as well. It's nice. There's a nice balance between big shapes and little details. But, and then I've also put, I love her sketch. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love her sketch. She's also done this really cool thing where what she's done is... You got the you got a little character and then she's put like a, a box or a rectangle behind the character almost as if the character is overlapping a window or something and then what she does is when she does a painting she only has to paint the little window box so the i just love it it's a really cool effect whereas when she worked digitally she made the whole background one color so i quite like that i thought it's cool but the main thing I main thing I got from this first phase was red pencil. Why? I th- I asked myself why did she make why did she use a red pencil? What's amazing is a little bit in a minute we're going to find out why, which I thought was quite cool. So she actually answered that, and we'll find out in a minute why she used a red pencil. The next phase number two is called light erasing. What what she does here is she erases the drawing. So that when she starts painting, the pencil lines aren't as overpowering, I suppose. So that the paint, so that the pencil doesn't come through the paint, which is quite cool. And I, this is what I put here. Oh, this is what I put. I thought I said I thought red would show through. Yeah. So I thought to myself, why did she use a red pencil? And then when she started erasing that, I, I thought to myself, yeah, I knew I thought the red pencil would sh- show through. That's what I thought. And then I, and then I just put yeah even what i did was when she when she said she used a red pencil i even went back to the original drawing the original finished painting to see if i could see any of the red pencil because <laughs> i was convinced that that red pencil was going to show through but there wasn't really much to take away from these two phases the first phase was just getting the drawing the way she wanted it using a red pencil and then the second phase is lightly removing the pencil so that paints can be the more dominant thing the next phase is called edge masking this is quite cool so what 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 she's done is that little box that's behind the character what she's done is she's put masking tape around the edges of that box so that then what she can do is she can basically paint the background and have nice clean edges to the background and she doesn't have to worry about going over the edge because she's if she paints over the edge, she'll be painting on the masking tape, which she can remove later. <laughs> it's quite cool. So, oh, the other thing, this is why I put in my notes. I said, working from back to front. Yeah, so she's, she's not going to start with the character. She's going to start with the background. And I started thinking it's like layers, the background layer. And then you move on to the... So you have to work from back to front. What have I put here? I've said, you can still see the red lines. So even though she's erased them, you can actually still see them. Which it just that caught my attention. And then she also put acid-free masking tape. What did she say? She said, make sure to use acid-free masking tape to avoid damage to your paper. What I actually use is this stuff called... It's Scotch. It's called Scotch Magic Tape. And what you can do is... It's, it's like it's sellotape basically but you can stick it on things you can't see it you can actually draw over the top of it so you've got this you've got this masking tape you can draw over the top of it it's so amazing you can't actually see where it is <laughs> and then what the, what the thing is you can actually just peel it off it's like it's it's a special masking tape which you can just it's reusable sellotape basically good thing about this is it's see-through Whereas masking tape, it sort of hides things. I like that. So that's what I use. But what else have I put in here, my little notes? That was it, basically. All she's really doing here is she's just prepar- She's preparing the, the canvas so that she can get, get stuck in with the painting. The next phase, now this phase is amazing. The fourth phase is called frisket paper. And I love this. I've never heard of frisket paper before. In my little notes, what I've put is, i put, wow. So what it is, is this frisket paper is basically, it's like, it's basically like this Scotch masking tape. It's like, it's like this Scotch sellotape. But it, what it is, is it's a big sheet of it instead. And so what you can do is you can cut it out. So what she does is, she's she's ready to paint the background. What she does is she sticks this frisket paper over the entire thing and then what she does is she cuts out the the shapes of the character so what ends up happening is she can now basically what she could do now is throw her paints at the paper and none of that paint is going to go on the character because she's she's effectively masked the the character out so all that all that's left all that is accessible with a paintbrush is the actual background which i thought was brilliant and in my little notes I said, it's like invisible masking tape, but easy peel. She can now safely paint without ruining the character. And then what I thought to myself was, this is just like clipping masks when you're working digitally. So when she's working in, in the computer, she talked about making all these um clipping masks. Because what you can do is, you can basically... When you're working digitally, you can make the character like a a layer, a clipping mask. So you can go crazy and you, you're you not going to affect the background. This is the same, but in reverse. On this one, you can go crazy with the paint. You're not going to affect the character. <laughs> it's quite cool, that is. So that's definitely something I've, I've got out of this is frisket paper. Invest in some frisket paper. And then we move into our little 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 tip she does about this one's called the first little tip is called use colored pencils so she's basically answered the question i had at at the first phase she she does a little drawing with red pencil and i thought why are you using red pencil this is why she says it has less impact on subsequent colors so basically and then she says a graphite pencil can darken lighter colors so the reason she uses a red pencil is because when she gets into the painting, the the colours that she puts down are going to stay true to the colour. The The pencil isn't going to affect the colours as much. I thought, I love that. And also, something I, I thought of to myself was, Jake Parker, he also uses red pencils. That's something I've noticed. Jake Parker from SVS Learn, whenever he's doing these sketches, he always uses red pencils. So the fifth phase of this one is called Frisket paper masking. So number four is is she's getting she's talking about getting the frisket paper because what she does is she sticks she cuts out a sheet that is the size of the size of the painting, and she sticks the whole lot on top of the painting. So she basically cuts cuts it out to cover the whole image. Now that she's got it covered, what she does now is phase five frisket paper masking. She gets a little knife, a little craft knife, and she starts basically cutting, cutting out the character. So she cuts out, she cuts all of the, the negative space, I suppose, and all that. All that the frisket paper is only left on the character. So that now, what she can do now is she can start painting the background, and she's got no, she's got no fear of ruining the character or going outside the the little like frame she's created, which I thought was brilliant. In my little notes, I said I wondered how to size it to character. Yeah, what I love about this this article more than the last one was. Or a lot of these phases, I had a question, and then a couple of phases later, she would answer it. <laughs> so when she stuck the whole sheet down, I thought to myself, how is she gonna how is she gonna sort of cut cut that out? And then she, she answers it here with a little craft knife, which I thought was quite nice. And what else have we put? Yeah, I've just put I love this. I just think this is a really cool thing. Because what I would have done, I think, is I would have tried to have painted the background around the character. And that's just going to get a bit messy, I think. So when she removes the, that frisket paper later, she's got really nice clean lines which is cool. The next phase, number six, is called background painting. So what if I put me notes? I says she can focus on the background. Again, she's planned to perfection. In the article last week when she was working tradition working digitally, the whole time I realised that every phase of her process is planned. Same thing's happening here. She can get stuck into that background and focus on it she doesn't have to be worrying about going over, ruining the character. In other words, what she's doing is she's she's making it so that every phase of this painting, she's not overwhelmed, basically. At this phase, she's focusing on the background. Then later on, she can focus on the character. Instead of trying to do the whole thing at once, she's breaking down the painting process into like layers. It's just like working... Digitally, which I think is really cool. The next, what the bit are, ah, she also says about using a minimal amount of water to create an, an opaque look, an opaque look, so that the background looks very solid. The next bit, phase seven, is called background details. So, what she does here is she starts putting in little tiny details, and I love this, so she starts to for the detailed bit, she starts using pencils and also watercolours. So, what you've got, what she does is she starts, she starts like drawing little details on the, on like, because the background has got a load of like leaves, like pink, pink leaves. She starts drawing like the, the veins of the leaves with the coloured pencil, and she also puts these little white dots with the with the paintbrush so she's combining she's combining watercolor and, de- and pencils again she's using pencils because it gives her more control for the details so again it's like she's she's able to take risks without too much risk because if she tried to do those lines with paint there's a chance she could ruin it and this is the thing it's very unforgiving by working traditionally, and then when she's done that oh there was something else she said as well. I like this bit. She what she said was she said, "If I wish to add more, I leave it to the end when I can see the whole image." So what was it said, here? yeah? She what I put me notes was I said might want different details when can see character too. And again, this is this is it made me think of like zooming in and out. They talk about when you're working on details, you've got to be able to, you've got to zoom out from time to time to see how those details combine with the rest of the image. So because she hasn't got the character yet, she's not really a hundred percent sure how these details are going to look. Because she might put some details in, and it looks cool, but when she's put the character in, she might think, oh, "I don't actually like that," or she might think, "I really want to add some more details now to balance with the character." So I like that. So the next phase number eight is called mask removal. I love this. I love the way the the image looks at this phase because what we've got now is when she removes the masking tape around the border or the frame and the frisket paper, which was around the character, we end up with this really clean background layer. Uh, It's beautiful. Everything has got really nice clean edges. What it means now is, the background is basically done. She can now get get on with the character. And she hasn't got to worry about painting over colours or something. Because everything's been nice clean edges. So in my little notes I said, There's no mention of time to wait for paint to dry. Yeah, this was something. There was a couple of points during this little article where she didn't... There was, she, I, I would have liked a bit more information. Like... How much water is she using with the paint? She never really mentions that. She does say that she she does she does say she uses a minimal amount of water, but it would have been nice if you sort of saw it somehow. And also how long do you have to wait for the background to dry before removing this masking tape and stuff? Where else have I put in my notes? removes masking tape as it overlaps the character oh yeah so the the frame around the character well the the frame of the background actually goes over half of the character that's why she has to remove the masking tape but she did say if the if the frame had been on the outside of the character in other words if the character had been inside of the background frame she would have left the masking tape to the end but she removed it because she She had this nice effect of the character overlapping the background layer, And then she's also got a little trick here. She says, A trick for cleanly removing masking tape without ripping the paper underneath is to use a hairdryer to warm up and loosen the glue. I thought that was really cool. And this is actually the reason why I started using Scotch masking tape. Because, well, it's not Scotch masking tape. It's, It's basically Scotch sellotape. The thing is you want to get the blue one. There's two, there's a blue one and a green one. The green one is called Scotch Invisible Invisible Tape or something. The thing is the green one, the green one behaves exactly the same as this, where you can draw on the top of it. The problem is it's like that's like cellar tape, so when you try to remove it, it will actually stick to the paper and rip it. So you want to get the blue one which is called Scotch removable invisible tape basically. But what happened for me was, when I was doing my realistic drawings, I started out using masking tape, because what I would do is I would put, I would stick my paper to the drawing board so that I I could rotate the drawing board without the things moving about. But what happened was, whenever I removed the masking tape at the end, I'd always end up ripping my paper. So what I thought to myself was, I thought, I can't keep doing this. I can't use tape. And then this is when I found out about this invisible thing, this scotch Scotch tape. So what I like about that is, there's always a way. And the thing is, you, you do sort of have to make mistakes. So my mistake was using masking tape. But it was in that, that I came up with a solution. So I, I kind of like that. So this is another thing. You can, you can look at all these people's all these artists processes and get get like tips and stuff but the thing is nothing really beats you actually doing it yourself <laughs> yeah because it's, it's when you're doing it yourself that you start realizing and you're, you're sort of come up with ideas yourself and also everyone's different so things that you' you're learning here that might not they might not work for you where else have we put in my notes? I said, yeah, hair dry to remove thing, And I thought to myself, why doesn't she just use frisket paper for the edges? Yeah, I thought to myself, why does she use masking tape when there's a risk of ripping the paper, especially when that masking tape is going over the actual drawing? Why do that? Why didn't she just cut out strips of frisket paper and put that on the edge? So this is this is one of those moments when I would like to ask her a question. <laughs> but she didn't she didn't answer that in the in the article. And then what does it say? Yeah, that's it basically for that one. So now we're on to stage number nine, where she can start painting the character. So things get really exciting now. So in my little notes I've put blocking in colours, big to details, so very much like her digital process she starts out on a digital process she starts out by blocking in the colors as big shapes and then she moves through it and slowly builds up the details she's doing the same thing here starts out with big the big shapes and then she's she builds in the details later so I, i thought to myself she's doing exactly the same sort of thing as the as a as a digital and I also like the fact that she's always working big big shapes I like that and then here she leaves the hair to the last why did she say that she said i begin to paint the character well wow, she didn't she didn't mention that but she does mention it in the article in a minute I think because again I, I this was something I observed I observed that she left the hair to the end Whereas in in that digital one, she did mention in that digital phase that she does the hair first. Where was it, she said? Yeah, the next step is masking out the character, blocking in the colours. So in the digital, she says, I create a new layer for each colour and normally start with the hair, since it's the most detailed element. When she's working traditionally, she has to leave the hair to the end. Because it's a lot more unforgiving. So, that was something I noticed about that. What else have we got? Oh, I've put beautiful colours. So, she's using lilacs, pinks and blues. Beautiful. And the the little mermaid has got, like, um, dark skin. It just looks really nice together. That brown and blue is very beautiful. And also, the, the character really pops off the background, which I think is cool. And what I like is, even at this phase... You can sort of see the sexiness coming through. So now we get into phase number ten, which is called adding line work. So what what's this one here? Oh this is where she starts again she's she's starting to add in the details now. So in my little notes I've said less water yeah. So when she's working with the details, she uses even even less water so that she said she said that the paint becomes like ink which I thought was cool. So because she's because she's confident with inking, what she's done is she's she's done her best to turn that paint into ink. So again, this is another way of her sort of using paint but basically it's it's like she's taking risks and being adventurous but she's playing it safe to minimize Wasting time I suppose and and to minimize the potential for mistakes, I really like that less water so the paint becomes like ink, and so she's got more control for the lines because what she's doing now is she's she's doing the out, she's doing the art she's started doing the eyes like the facial features. you've also got a little bra which I love that bra she, this little mermaid character's got like a shell. Her brow is like a little seashell. It's really cool, it is. And she's also doing like the outside edges. So again, even when she's working traditionally with paints, she's still doing that effect of having the lines be the same colour as the the colour of the shape. So in other words, for skin, because she's got brown skin, the, the lines of the the arms for instance are dark brown. Which is cool. And then lines for the little tail, which is blue, would be dark blue. I love that. So she still maintained her style, even in the, in the, in the paints, which is quite cool. She does mention about practice and patience. <laughs> and then what I thought to myself was, why doesn't she just use pencils? Yeah, why, why not just use pencils to do all the details? Again, it's another question I'd like to ask. And she said, she says, it takes practice, patience and a steady hand. So don't get discouraged if it doesn't work the first time. But then I, that's when I thought, well, why not just use pencils? Because the thing with pencils is you've got way more control with pencils. So that was just, that's again, another, something else I thought about. So now she moves, phase 11 is... Well, this is a bit. She, she, now, she, This is the phase with the hair. The hair and the fin. So it's the hair and the little fin. The mermaid fin. So what have we got in this one? Phase number 11. More details. So she says, more details say equals save to the end. What's it say? I leave these elements until last because they require more consideration and detail. I use a small brush to add the finer details. So little tips there. So she's blocking in the colour for the mermaid's hair and fin. So even now, she's still blocking in colours. Where else did I put it? Oh, hair's on top. Yeah, so she, she saved the hair to the end because the hair is on the top. Also needs to see how they relate to other parts. It's quite cool. And then, well, we're into the... F- never not we're into a little tip here so her little tip is called lashes her next little tip is lashes and what she says is oh this is quite interesting this is so the lashes the eyelashes she says do them as soon as possible and the reason she does that she says i always like to paint the black eyelashes as soon as possible because if i mess it up there's almost no saving it and i don't want to have to invest i don't want to have invested too much time in in it if that doesn't if that does happen so again i thought to myself she's thinking about time investment and she's planning and also that's her learning from experience she's probably in the past left those eyelashes right to the end messed them up and the thing is it's ruined it so she now says right i'll do that right i'll do that as soon as i can and then if she does mess up and everything is because she's not leaving it to the end she's not going to be as scared if she had to do that right at the very end she'd probably be so there's more chance of her being tense and scared of messing it up that she would mess it up <laughs> it's quite funny but the thing is what i, what I fear is when when i'm working with, with realistic pencils i always leave those eyelashes right to the very end because the thing is what i noticed is when you're working with your pencils if you start drawing those eyelashes. Because the thing is, I love drawing eyelashes. They're m- they're one of my f- hair and eyelashes is my favourite things. Because with the hair, you can really go crazy with it. And I always leave that to the end because it's always the top layer. The hair is always overlapping the face, normally. So I always leave the hair to the end. So the most fun bit comes at the end. But eyelashes, whenever I do my eyes... So the f- I was told by Lee Hammond to always do the facial features first if you're doing a realistic drawing do the eyes nose and the mouth first but she she said to start with the eyes the reason is again very much like what Peniel has said here if you mess up those eyes on a realistic pencil drawing it's basically the whole thing is going to be messed up so Lee and always said if you do the eyes and they look amazing you, you might as well just you can carry on then because the whole thing is going to have more chance of being amazing. In other words, those eyes are like 80% of the drawing, really. So she said to do those at the start. But the thing is, I never do the eyelashes at the start. So when I do my realistic drawings, I always do the eyes. I get the eyes done. I then do the face. (laughs) I do everything else. I even do the hair. And the eyelashes are left right to the very end. Which is quite scary because... when you do that, you really see how important those eyelashes are. Because a drawing, you can't really tell if the drawing, if the eyes look right until the eyelashes are there. But the thing is, what I what I found was, you leave those eyelashes to the end, you can really make them pop. And the thing is, you can't sort of do the eyelashes and then later on come back and, and do them again. Because I like to really go for it with my eyelashes. You have to be very sort of confident with those lines. So you get you get really confident lines and they look like eyelashes. The thing is it's very hard to once you've done that it's very hard to do another line that follows the same line so what happens then is you end up with it looking a bit weird <laughs> so i always i always leave the eyelashes right to the very end but well with the painting i've never i've never done a painting with With realistic eyelashes and stuff so i'd have to experiment around with that is that it for this one the lashes lashes yeah i've just put lashes are fun for for me eyelashes are the best eyelashes are the best because you can really go for it just like you can really something i always do is i over exaggerate the eyelashes as well (laughs) because i just think eyelashes are sexy But we're into the final thing now. So the the stage number six, the final one, it says the final check. And she says, now that the design is almost finished, I can see if I want to add any more details to make it pop. So what I thought straight away was, again, she's asking, what do I need to add to make it pop? This is exactly what she asked at the end of her digital process as well. She said, what, where was it? Background. when he, she, This is what she asked. She said, I add contrast to make it pop. I paint... She said somewhere... What do I need... Yeah, look. At this point, I play with details. I consider what needs to be added to make the drawing pop and give volume. So that's what she does on the digital. She's doing the same thing with the traditional as well. And what she does, which I love, she adds in this little what do you call it it's like a little bra strap for the bra and it's amazing how much that little bra strap adds to the drawing firstly it makes the the bra incredibly sexy because it makes it feel quite delicate that little bra strap it's also got like a little texture so it looks like the bra strap is made of little shells or something tiny little shells so that bra strap tells a a lot of story and also it just looks really nice because it sort of it breaks up the other shapes as well it's really cool that so i just thought to myself how important that one little line is what she's also done is she's put little highlights on the lips to make them a little more glossy little highlights around the skin to make it look a bit oily watery and she's also put these little shells, little shell details on the the mermaid's tail, which is, is brilliant. It's, it's only little things. It's amazing how much it adds up, though. And then details. So details, she's, she puts the hair, what's it, the hair. So she starts putting lines in the hair, the so little hair strands. She puts scales on the tail. <laughs> I like that, scales on the tails. A little bit of rhyming thing, and then also little beads on on the on a little bra, and I put this is a sexy edition. Little tings equals pop, and that's basically it for that one. She she's created this beautiful character, really beautiful. I love it. What did I put at the end yeah, here? So what why what, what I put in my little notes was I said I think she puts it into a computer and cleans up the edges. Still slightly see the red pencil so the thing is on the on the drawing before the final phase you can still see the red pencil around the edge of the fin but in the final drawing you can't see that all you see is like a white line where it would be the pencil so i thought to myself but the thing is you can see little bits of pencil around the edges of the background frame so i thought to myself i think she's scanned this into the computer and sort of tidied up the edges but i'm not so sure because if you go back to the first page of this article she's actually got the finished painting on a desk and you can't see any of those white edges so again this is an another question i have is how there's no mention of how she removed or or covered up the remaining red pencil lines because you can definitely see them in the penultimate phase so she didn't she didn't mention that i don't know whether she didn't want to say that she put it in the computer <laughs> or something so what is it here? no I mean, yeah so and then i thought to myself is that little finished painting that she's got on her desk next to her palette of paints is that actually a print and she's sort of pretending it's the traditional one <laughs> i'm not sure but whatever she's done here, it is beautiful. And I've I've seen a lot of artists who create their work traditionally and then scan it into the computer to tidy it up. That's quite cool. Also, what I just noticed was you can see little Peniel sitting on her art desk in in one of these little articles, in the article before. It's quite cool. But what I love about Peniel is how she she's mixed traditional with digital in this art in this art book i think it's brilliant and what have i put in my little notes so in my little notes the comparison to a digital digital process this is what i put so i put planning ahead right from the off so in both the traditional and in her digital she is she's both times she's planned ahead so she really knows what she's she's doing really and she's minimising risk-taking, but still being able to take risks. I've also put big, sexy shapes and lines. Yeah, so it doesn't matter whether she's working traditionally or digitally. She's still got the same feeling in her artwork. So I've put, she's got the same style, yet it feels traditional. So what I love is, if you look at some of her digital drawing, digital paintings if you look at one of, if you saw one of her digital drawings and then looked at a traditional one it's got the same style but you can feel that it's traditional which I think that's brilliant I really like that so it's like she hasn't lost any of her style no matter what she's using which I thought I thought that was quite cool Where else have I put? So digital is, is more forgiving, but she's worked out ways to minimise risks slash time investment when working traditionally. Like, for instance, in this one, she's used frisket paper for like acting as like layers. She she's does the lashes first. So again, anything that she knows is going to be a bit potential messing up, she does it first and less water so she doesn't use as much water so she's got more control over the paint so that it feels a bit more like working digitally i've put both fun playful processes yeah both of these processes are very fun i really love the way she works i think it's really cool i've put no mention of writing slash story in either of these processes so it even if she's working traditionally or digitally, she's never mentioned writing. She's quite weird. And the thing is, her characters have got a lot of story. So this mermaid's got, there's a lot of story here. You're wondering, well, the little props and accessories, like a little bra, tells a lot of story. And it was the same with that digital one as well little earrings and stuff. So the accessories, I feel like the accessories bring the story for these characters. But there's no mention of writing or story, which is quite interesting. And also I've put a nice mix of space and details. So again, when she's worked digitally, there's there's lots of space. So like you've got the outfit, it's, it's very sort of, well, the, what are they called? The wrinkles and stuff of the fabric. There's only one, two, three, four, five lines of wrinkles for the whole top on the digital process. So what it does is it, it means that the top has got a lot of space with a little bit of detail. And it's the same here as well. Like on the leaves, lots of space, little details. On the tail, lots of space for the blue, little bit of detail with the with the scales. This also goes into something that Jake Parker said at SVS Learn. He said about he said when you're doing textures, because there was this one exercise where you had these cubes and you had to you had to make these cubes look like they had a texture. So what you did was you drew this cube you drew like a cube and you wanted to make it look like it was fluffy. So what you did was you, you made the you made the edges of it all fluffy and then he said you don't have to make the whole thing fluffy All you've got to do is hint at it being fluffy and the viewer will fill in the rest so this is what she's done here little bits of detail we now when we look at that tail we now know that it's like a it's got scales on it even though a lot of it hasn't got texture on it so that's quite cool and she does that on a digital as well little bits of detail to to hint at what the texture is it's quite cool I, f- I think that's basically it. So my ultimate takeaway is I absolutely love Peniel's characters. I love her process as well though. Probably one of the best processes so far of all the artists that I've looked at. really like it, I do. <laughs> little Dennis has said it's Game Over Sunshine. That one's finished. Another little one's finished. I really hope you enjoyed that. I thought it was really cool. I love doing these little articles because it's amazing how much you learn by studying artists' processes, really. And what I think is, if you keep studying these processes, you, you can pull little bits from each artist and you create your own process. It's quite cool. But it's also amazing how different everybody works. So it's not just the artwork that looks different. It's the way they work as well it's quite fascinating I think but I really hope you enjoyed that you can find show notes and everything at sophielawson.com and you can also find the video and everything I'll put links in the description as well at, soph- at youtube.com slash sophielawson <laughs> and basically that is it really for this one so all that's left is well also there's, there's a link in the description for last week's article as well so we can compare the, the two sort of things All that's left is this week's inspirational quote. And it actually goes to Peniel Oram, the artist from this article. Uh, I love this one. So it's a very simple one, but I love it. It sums up quite a lot of things, really. What she said is, this is a little inspirational quote, I love the physical paste of paint. (laughs) There's so many things I love about that. I love the fact that she's done a little bit of alliteration ppp (laughs) but what i love is it really sums up why i love traditional more than digital well this is a thing it's not that you love it more than it there's things that there's things about the traditional that i love and then there's things about the digital i love the digital it's very easy it's very easy to sort of really go for it because you know you can always hit the undo button Traditional is a lot more unforgiving, but it's got this tactile feeling about it. And I'm, some, I, I'm somebody who loves feeling things. <laughs> yeah, I, I, love, I love feeling things. So when you're working traditionally, you're feeling everything. And I feel like that actually changes the way you, you work, really. And I also love the, the fact that she used the word paste. <laughs> I don't know, she didn't just say, I love the physical think she didn't just say i love the physicalness of paint she says i love the physical paste of paint which sort of like to me that like paints a picture like paste yeah it sounds as if you can sort of play with it (laughs) which i think is cool so that's this week's little inspirational quote it goes to pineal oram and it is i love the physical paste of paint